America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. The land of new frontiers, new opportunities. Yeah, we can't have you to get up. Clicking sounds, sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive rain. The instrument, a Geiger counter, is converting radioactivity into sounds we can hear. Good evening and welcome to Tank Riot, brought to you from tropical Madison, Wisconsin. Tonight we discuss all things X-Men, comic books, the movies, and of course the new X-Men 3. Victor and Tor, of course, are with me as always. I am Sputnik. Victor, why don't you kick us off on X-Men 3? Well, over Memorial Day weekend, we got the treat of X-Men 3, The Last Stand, which is supposedly the last film in the X-Men saga, but, but as... It's- I doubt it. Yeah, as the news broke oh. that it it broke all box office, well, a lot of box office records, um, we're probably going to be seeing more X-Men movies. There was talk that the franchise would end after this, and I think a lot of it was assuming that Brett Radner would steer it right into the ground, and yeah. with the loss of Brian Singer, the, the franchise would, would end at this installment because right. people wouldn't go see it. But over Memorial Day, everyone went and saw it, except for you. I did not see it. I, Sputnik, have not seen <laughs> it. I will, though. Movie. Tor and Victor have. Yeah. But, well, uh, you know, the the reviews have been very critical for the reasons that you just they mentioned. They have been very critical. But so is the Da Vinci Code, and, you know, that's been making a buttload of money, too. So. Right. Well, I got to tell you, I, I yeah. saw this movie in one of the first screenings, and I will put my nerd hat squarely on my head. Okay, go. And say that, you know, my first X-Men comic as a kid was number 99, and I have a lot of the old X-Men's, and I was a huge fan of this. You know, more than Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, all put together, the X-Men is probably my favorite comic book of all time. Oh, yeah. And so seeing it finally being done as a movie franchise is a right. dream come true as an adult, you know, with the CGI and the abilities they have now. So it's it's a really good thing to see this as a movie, oh, yeah. um, although a very difficult series to try to translate uh, to film. So I was right there in line, ready to go see it. One of the criticism, criticisms I also heard was is that they introduced just a whole lot of mutants, too. So it was kind of confusing unless you were a fan or kind of had a scorecard, you know, who's who. And I mean, myself, I go back to the Silver Age with X-Men when it was just um, Professor X, Beast, Angel, Marvel Girl, and Iceman. Right, the original lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and honestly, um, until... Oh, I would say the eighties. I'd I'd kind of drifted away from the the comic book line simply because they kind of got stuck in a rut, but well, then yeah. they just exploded. Well here's in the what 80s. happened. The X Men comic book franchise was started by God of Comic Books, Stan Lee. Oh, excellent. Stan Lee Stanley and Jack Kirby sat down and in September of uh, 1963 published X-Men number one. Right. And the original title was rejected. It was The Mutants. And uh, that was rejected. <laughs> so they became the X-Men, <laughs> Professor Xavier's mutants that were right. um, these outcasts of society. And then from 63 to 70, they published and didn't get a lot of attention. And it wasn't really such a breakout hit. And then they put it on hold for a while. And then in 1970, uh, or let's see, 74. Yeah, 1975, Chris Claremont took it over, mm-hmm. and uh, Jack, I'm um, sorry, John Byrne 
and Chris Claremont came up. He was the artist. Claremont was the writer. Right. Came out with these great stories and these new characters and infused it with a whole new life and came out with some of the greatest story lines that you know oh, yeah. have been in comic books. Uh, they rate, you know, in, in reader polls is the best storylines around in the oh, Marvel yeah. Universe. So uh, Chris Claremont really breathed new life into the franchise and kind of brought it back um, using all of I forgot to mention characters. Cyclops is an original character and, and, you know, he's been with it. It's interesting in the movies that Iceman <clears throat> is is like a kid. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I had some troubles with the original movie because, you know, Iceman's a little kid and Rogue's a little kid. And, yeah. you know, even even Colossus doesn't show up much yet. But, you know, they are growing into characters. And, That's right. And Rogue was especially hard because Rogue came in as the Southern Belle who's a little right. older. And, and in the films, she's younger and, and doesn't do anything and has none of the superpowers because... Okay. They just haven't done anything with that character except use her as an example of a mutant power that's difficult. You know? Okay. Let me just ask you this, Victor. Mm -hmm. Tor, this this question goes to you as well. Halle Berry had more lines in this movie. Did yes. it suck? That's why she was in it, and it didn't suck. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought Good she Lord. Yeah, yeah. She, she did. One thing I'll tell you about, well. and, and I'll, I'll, I will stomp on this movie a little bit for some things, but okay. I really enjoyed this movie. I really thought it was a great movie. There was a lot of character, like, like you said, there were a lot of characters introduced, and it was, it was very difficult because there was so much going on, and, and if you don't have a scorecard and don't know who Arclight, Callisto, and Leech were, right. Kid Omega, you know, Spike, you might be a little bit lost. I guess I didn't catch all the names to all the characters, but I was able to follow it. Right. I, you know, yeah. but you know, as I looked at them and they were just other mutants and I was able to keep track of which ones were the bad ones and which ones were the good ones. And by the way, Holly Berry, her character Storm, yeah. she changed her hairstyle in three. Yes. You know, I don't know. I kind of like the all white hair. From the <laughs> well, they, first and they skipped movie. the Mohawk completely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Mohawk. The Mohawk was a great look yeah. for her. <laughs> they ah. skipped that. But yeah, it was it was it was cool to see her change up the hair because the mohawk was a, was a big thing. Okay. But you know, um, I think James Marsden as Cyclops really got short shrift in the third movie, and I hope they find a way to give him more in the fourth movie if there is a fourth movie. Right. Uh, because as leader of the X Men, and and this is a spoiler free show here, so Tor and I have seen the film, Sputnik has not, so we're gonna try not to say too much that gives anything away but i really think you know cyclops is an original and he's been around and he's been the leader of the x-men forever right but in all three movies you don't really get that you get a brooding guy who doesn't have yeah, much to do except exactly. get his uh eye rig ripped off every now and then well that's kind of the way he was in the comic book though too he was kind of dull he's kind of broody yeah i mean to me my favorite character was always uh nightcrawler yeah. I just thought he he had the most dimensions as a character and so forth. Nightcrawler was a good character, although I think they really took him into a religious arc toward the late 90s that wasn't really necessary. Yeah, that was yeah. a little goofy, but it it actually wasn't terrible. Yeah, and yeah. Alan Cummings it, it, complained in X-Men 2 about all the makeup he had to wear as Nightcrawler, uh -huh. and Nightcrawler in X-Men 2 was a really great character. And, therefore, and that's the only movie he was in. Yeah, right? he wouldn't come back for X-Men 3. And... 
hopefully oh. after yeah after the brilliant failure of Son of the Mask, maybe he'll come back for X Men Four <laughs> if there is one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because his Son career really mask. didn't uh, pick up after X Men Two. So I do hope that he does don it again because he was a great character. He did a great job, and uh-huh. Kelsey Grammer was yeah. in the blue fur or the blue costume this time around. Okay. And as the Beast, finally seeing the Beast um, was really great. It was. It. I thought he was a great character. Yeah, I I read an interview uh, with Kelsey Grammer on the internet, and uh, you know, of course, he did the Fraser Crane character for like twenty years yeah. through Cheers and Fraser. So the Beast is a different character. So he does does not play it as Fraser Crane. He plays it as the beast right but it's it, there's still that voice you know yeah, i mean yeah. yeah but beast was always a scientist anyway that's so true you are going to have this heady intellectual kind of that's character true. that's true it's and he did it and they even as... called him furball oh yeah. <laughs> nice. how's how's wolverine how's wolverine's character treated in this one? Oh, excellent but i've got one story go on, oh, go on, on go. uh kelsey Grammer playing the beast apparently kelsey Grammer has a four-year-old daughter now or at least she was four when they were doing the filming and uh, Kelsey Grammer was concerned that when he's putting on this kind of monster outfit that he might scare his daughter. So he wanted to make sure his daughter understood that it was just a costume. Oh, cool. So uh, you know, it took like three hours to put the makeup on. So one time he had his daughter in the makeup trailer with him as they put on the costume. And uh, so then she understood. She said he's a little bit scared, but she knew it was daddy underneath. So he does his film shooting for the day and comes back. And as they're taking off the makeup, his daughter just cracked up at one point and said, uh, you look like a Teletubby. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they must have took his makeup off his face first. Or right. Then he just looked oh, great. <laughs> so maybe that can be a future sort of uh, mashup for the movies, so that X-Men and the Teletubbies. Tubbies. <laughs> Crossover. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you'd say that the the new director, because I was yeah. concerned too that Brian Singer, you know, because he left it to do Super Gay Man. See, I was I was really concerned that Brian Singer was uh, leaving, and I got to tell you, there were two previews to this film that I got to watch that astounded me. The first preview that I got to watch was yes, Snakes on a Plane, oh! starring Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> and I laughed my ass off. I was the only person in the theater that thought that was the most funny thing they've they've seen. And I would love to yeah. see that. The internet's just like buzzing about Snakes on a Plane. There was a movie years ago called Fair to Lance, yeah, and it was about snakes on a submarine. <laughs> And I thought that movie rocked. Well, Samuel L. Jackson almost walked from the project because they were going to change the title of it to like Flight 93. And he said, screw that. If it's not Snakes on a Plane, I'm not in it. <laughs> he said, it's got to it be all, called. Man. Yeah, it's got to be called Snakes on a Plane. That's just silly. <laughs> Tells then, you the whole backstory. And then the other preview was for Superman. And uh, that looked really good, too. Oh. There was a shot of a bullet hitting Superman in the eyeball. And it was, it was a great CGI shot. You know, but, you know, I... I gotta say, Brian Singer, I I was really, really worried about Brett Ratner taking you know, Brett Ratner was like third choice director for this film. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted Brian Singer to do it, but you know, he didn't and the right. other guy dropped off and you know, we'll see what happens next. But he did a passable job as director. I right. really think he did an okay job as director. Um, but I was so worried about him. And I, I actually had lower expectations because of what I'd seen on the internet and what I knew about 
Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2 director, <laughs> Brett Radner, right. that I was just, I was worried. But I think there's so many characters and so much to do right. that, that even the director can't ruin the film. All I can say about Superman is this. He's golden age, 60-year-old agitprop for World War II. Oh, what a surprise. He comes around now when we have, you know, the military all over the damn planet again. Didn't we learn our lesson from the other 86 Superman movies? Look at the miserable lives Christopher Reeves, George Reeves had. This is a cursed franchise. Well, the Seinfeld fans might have a kick out of, get a kick out of oh, it. Oh, man. Well, then fine. Get Patrick Warburton as Superman. That would work for me. But... I, that's all. I'm I'm boycotting the movie. I'm having huge hissy fit, and I'm not going. It's all good day. You know, speaking of previews, I don't recall a single preview uh, at when I saw X Men Three. I, I I know I was sitting there. I know I was looking at the screen, but it must uh, whatever Over the hedge nothing. It, they must have been totally un <laughs> unremarkable films they were trying to push on me. Which, <laughs> It's kind of odd, but... <laughs> but I got to tell you that, okay, back to Wolverine, you were asking about yes, you know, yes. how he did. How his character was treated. He's cool. Great. Hugh Jackman has done a wonderful job throughout... The, I think all the actors have done a wonderful job in yes. all three movies pulling off their characters. And Hugh Jackman, if you've seen him in anything else, is not like Wolverine at all, but okay. he plays this role like nobody's business. I cannot imagine yeah. anyone else being that role. And that said, again, I want to say that he and Cyclops were always at odds and always fairly equal. And in this one, Cyclops was really given the short end of the stick, and it's all oh, about Wolverine. All and Wolverine. Right, maybe yeah. Marsden just wanted out of it because he has to wear sunglasses all the time or something. But right. Wolverine was great. Hugh Jackman was great. They did a really good job. There were nods for fanboys uh, to some of the great old scripts, like Chris Claremont did Days of Future Past, where in 142 or whatever... <clears throat> they go album. to the future, and, and Wolverine and everyone, is they're fighting these sentinels. And there is a nod to that in a Danger Room exercise where they're, oh. they do the fastball special with Colossus throwing Wolverine sure, at sure. a sentinel. And I remember that. It was really awesome to see that, and it was, yeah. it was really cool. And um, they do a great job with his healing power, showing how... Uh, you know, you can rip away all the skin and see the adamantium skeleton beneath him. Ooh, and a really good job. This yeah. is probably the best action hero that you could have. And they're talking about, you know, a, a spinoff where he's doing his own Wolverine movie. And I think that's yeah. a good idea. I, I really well, uh -huh. think it's good to break things into character. It happened with mm -hmm. the comic book lines, too. Right, I did. mean, you just had this explosion of new characters, like with the new mutants and mm -hmm. so forth. But uh, Wolverine probably almost single-handedly pulled the X-Men franchise from oblivion. Right, right. And Yeah, I, I read an interview on, on how, Hugh, how Hugh Jackman got ready to play the part. Yeah. Um, I guess he would just crank on the uh, Godsmack and the Metallica <laughs> and just start pump, oh, pumping iron there you in go. the gym and just kind of getting, <laughs> you know, swearing up a storm. And, you know, everybody that saw him doing this was so shocked because he's, right. he's not like this. He's he not. was just trying to get into character. He chewed up the scenery, though. Was there yeah. any nudity or near nudity? Well, Mystique, as always, Rebecca Romaine was yeah. awesome yes. as Mystique. Excellent, yes. And, you know, I got I to gotta say, with, with this vast array of mutants going on, they did try to tackle larger um, themes of mutants and humans battling. Okay. Uh, they brought in the, there's this great Morlock character, Leech, and they brought in the Leech character as a cure for mutantdom. So they were stealing his blood, basically, to create 
syringes that they could shoot at mutants to cure right. them of their mutinous. And um, there was a lot of these themes of outcasts, and I thought they did a really good job of bringing in big themes, but the movie could have been longer. The movie could have dealt with yeah. these themes a little better because it was so broad, and at the end you got so much action. It wasn't like, if you remember King Kong, if you've seen King Kong, there were scenes of dinosaurs fighting King Kong and you know flying through the jungle where the action scenes went on for so long it was actually boring. Okay. And it was like, well, this is just over the top, too much action. This movie did fine with the action scenes, but they could have done a little better with the exposition. And that's where I think Brett Ratner was kind of a failure in in not bringing in the exposition that I wanted. Okay. Um, so the movie, I think, was shortchanged a little bit by by that trying to tackle all these big themes, but right. not having the time to get into any depth into them. It's it's a pretty big backstory, mm -hmm. though, with a lot of characters, so it'd be tough. Right. But with Halle yeah. Berry, they did a good job of moving from Cyclops being in charge to Halle Berry trying to take charge and being the, yeah. the leader of the school. and. Um, I thought there was good character development in Halle Berry's Storm character, and okay. uh, there's a, there's a lot going on there. And as always, Ian McKellen as Magneto and Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier chewed up the scenery. And those two, two great choices. I could oh, not yeah. imagine anyone else playing those roles. It was excellent. And, and I think they're actually very similar actors. Yeah, uh, two of the, their well, voices are similar. Experience, yes. background, and that's yeah. Really yeah. Neat. yeah, yeah, it's exactly. really neat. Yep. Yeah, and, and I always loved the conflict-slash-friendship that they had throughout the comic books right. and the movies, too. Oh, yeah. They only kind of touch upon it, but, I mean, they really have very similar concerns, but just totally different ways of achieving those objectives. But Now, onto the fanboy nitpicking, though. Go. Dark Phoenix, the whole saga by Chris Claremont, could not have possibly been done in a movie. You couldn't get the mainstream into it. You couldn't have done it that way. So right. they had to change it. They had to change the universe and deal with things a little differently. And I think the way they did it, uh, it was okay. But they took away some of Charles Xavier's um, clearness, some of his white king, I'm a good guy wearing the white hat okay. um, in their efforts to do that. And they also, they didn't deal with the characters so well. And, and there was a lot of mortality in this film that right. I think was really unnecessary that, you know, not to spoil anything for anyone, I won't say any more, but I, I think that they did some things that, that could have been dealt with differently. Um, right. Anyone from the Marvel Universe who's who's read about these things will will have their own opinions about these things, and we'd love to hear about them at feedback at tankriot.com. Absolutely. And tell yeah. me how wrong we are, um, or me. But I, I really think they did a good job with getting Colossus in there, getting Kitty Pride in there. That's cool. Um, and those adding are both those, strong characters. Those are very strong characters that hopefully, if there's a fourth movie, which I'm sure there will be, They'll have more to do, and even Iceman iced up. Um, cool. Instead of just throwing ice, he finally had to become Iceman, yeah. which was really fun for yeah. a fan, you know. Sure. Of the series. Um, Angel oh, made other, an appearance. Yeah, Angel made an appearance, and Angel was weak. You know. Yeah. Angel, well, as he was throughout the comic. Yeah, book it's too. hard to make Angel no, a strong which character. Which one was Angel? He oh, had the, the wings. With the wings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And gotcha. he was this guy, this actor from Six Feet Under HBO series. Um, and he was great in the part, and, and the yeah. flashback to him as a kid was great. And they did a really good job of going back to Jean Grey being first brought into the fold by Charles and, and uh, Magneto. And it was it was really fun. And I don't know, there's just not much you can do with Angel. So hopefully they won't right. do too much with him um, right. in the series. Well, I think, I mean, he didn't have a big part, but he just kind of fit in. Yeah. And, and he... he he played his part 
in the plot and moved on. And there was you know, exactly. Okay, that's cool. So it was just yeah. kind of oh, right. and here's. Right. It's like it's like a big ensemble movie. Oh, it's such a yeah. big ensemble yes. movie. So as a fan, you got you got all these little smiling nods sure. and points where you're just cheering about it. But I gotta say, the Juggernaut shows up. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm the Juggernaut. Uh-huh. So, as uh, anyone who's who's a fan knows, there's a there's a parody film um, where someone uh, and we'll maybe put a link up to it. Uh, but if you look up <laughs> Juggernaut bitch. Some guys took a 1990s cartoon and added keywords. They added, yeah, pimp speak to the juggernaut uh, fighting with Charles Xavier, and it is really funny. Yeah, it's the juggernaut, bitch. But what's what's also really funny Although about somewhat that? Somewhat off color. It's been yeah, it's been all over the internet, and everyone has got to laugh offended. over it. Off <laughs> oh, one did not appreciate his tone. I left in a huff. So. In the movie, Vinnie Jones uh, from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels okay. plays the Juggernaut, oh. and he does a really good job. Yeah. He he says the phrase that you hear in the parody over and over again, and it is laugh out loud funny. It is really, <laughs> it is really, really hilarious. Great. But there are some, you know, he's not Charles's brother like in the series again. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, they're they're missing out in some of that, mm. but that's totally fine, and it was yeah. totally fun. But that character seemed out of place and a little wimpy compared to what he is in the universe, don't you think? I mean, as a non-fan, what did you think, Tor? I thought he was a pretty cool character. and it, You know, I didn't know how strong he's supposed to be in the comics. So I, I think it was what I really liked is the Juggernaut goes up against what's the the girl that can Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Yeah. Shadow Who's Cat. The, this this yeah. tiny little girl. Yep. And they're. And and Juggernaut can just run through walls, knocking them down, and mm-hmm. you know Kitty Pride uh, can physically go through yeah, them with passes that, right through. right through them. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed that part of them battling it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was really cool. And Kitty <laughs> Pride was played by Ellen Cage, who was in um, she was in Hard Candy, uh, which Ellen Page from this movie called Hard Candy, and she's a relative newcomer. Hard mm-hmm. Candy's getting a lot of buzz as a great film, and uh, she did a really great job as Kitty Pride. And uh, okay. the woman from, and now I'm, now I'm forgetting her name, but the woman from Serenity uh, tried out for that uh, oh, uh, role one, as well. Is it the one that played River? Yeah, the one okay. who played River. Oh. I forgot what her name is. Yeah, yeah, um, I, know, I know who you mean, and I'm sure... Either one of them would have been a great well. choice, but but she did. Ellen did a really great job as Kitty, and one of my favorite characters. So that was that was a good, that was a good thing. And they gave Callisto mutant powers. Callisto showed up, and wow, she was she was different than she ever has been. But yeah, it was it was a really it was a fun romp, but it could have been longer, and they could have treated the universe a little bit, um, a little bit better. I think it almost sounds like they should have chopped this into two movies. Yeah, but I think there might have been some fear with the franchise being making it too big and and trying right. to. Well, they swear test, up and down that this is test, it's it was not. only supposed to be three. But since yeah. Brian Singer's not in it anymore, then it, well, it, it already sounds like they're going to do a Wolverine movie. Yeah, that was so, always yeah. in the works. Yeah, well, but yeah, the, but they were going to do a Halle Berry movie with her character in the la- in that last James Bond with Pierce Brosnan and Jinx, but that fell through. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you have to see. But, yeah, I think Wolverine in and of himself would probably be a strong enough. And Hugh Jackman certainly plays him very well. Oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I certainly enjoyed him in both of the 
first movie. Well, and they're starting to understand mm-hmm. how they can play with that kind of a character a little better, where they can mortally wound him and they can really throw him around right. like mm-hmm. Die Hard. You know, you can oh, throw God, him yeah. around he, like Bruce Willis. He doesn't and really he will, necessarily enjoy it, but... One of the funniest like, okay. things about... back. <laughs> he, he took a couple shots to the chest at one point and his shirt magically healed too. So that, oh, <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of trivia that, <laughs> you know... It extends uh, to his clothes. I think that's a continuity error. But I, <laughs> but it was kind of funny. Oh God! <laughs> I, I I like in the uh, f- first movie where they where uh, Rogue asked him, you know, when he shoots the knives knives out, if that hurts, and he says every time. So it's like, you know, he's ripping his skin, and his skin mm-hmm. has to heal every time. Well, see, that's that he different sucks him back than, in. than in the comic books. He had like these little metal exit points on the back of his hands so yeah, they okay. had he, you know there was no indication that it was any big deal and that's yeah. why that's where brian singer i think took it took Changed it up it. a notch and yeah. i think oh, yeah. he actually improved it exactly yeah. i remember I the first it... movie i love the boxing scene where he's fighting the guy in the cage match in alaska oh, that was great and you yeah. hear the metal ringing when he's getting hit you know because <laughs> yeah. he's got this metal skeleton oh it was awesome but on a whole having seen all three films I really think the second film is the best film of the series. That one was based on the God Loves, Man Kills graphic novel, which oh, yeah. wasn't as good as the graphic novel, but I think of the three movies was the best movie. Um, kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of the there trilogy. You go. <laughs> Empire. Again, you got the Empire. <laughs> that was the best movie ever. Um, but but this one was, was it, I thought it did justice to the franchise and... I think because of the fans of these characters and the actors and mm-hmm. the energy everyone's putting into it, uh, it stands to have another film or two. And, and it makes a great summer flick movie. I think a lot of people, the day I saw it, it was like 95 degrees out and everybody's like, ooh, air conditioning in theater. And so <laughs> there's a lot of people, just just ordinary people leaving the theater saying, uh, that was a really good movie. You know, They had a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was, it so was fun. Cool. Well, that's yeah. all you know. All you yeah. should can really expect. That's all you can ask for, man. <laughs> well, you know, for a lot of summer movies, that's true, and and I'm not to say that everything has message. to be. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, you know, everything doesn't have to be hugely ponderous either. So, I mean, that's good. It's entertaining and yeah. and fun. And... If you really want to think about it, you can probably get some symbolism and read oh. some meaning into it if you want to. I mean, you do have a. <laughs> As kind a fan, this is, kind it's of one stuff, of the few films yeah. that I'll probably revisit. I mean, I don't like to watch films more than once, but I, okay. I think I will all three of these because I, I just love I love the series. One thing I'll say, though, is that um, recent films like Batman and the Spider-Man franchise have really raised the bar on these films so that you can't just get away with schlocking people in costumes and making them, you know, prance around <clears throat> Catwoman and <laughs> and just, just all of a sudden on the box office because, I mean... I think Batman was a, a better film than this. The Batman Batman Begins, the one with Christian Bale. Oh yeah. That was an awesome film and I I think the Spider-Man franchise was also has been very very good and I'm looking forward to the third one. But for those, you don't have an ensemble cast to try to cover all these that's true topics that the x-men has to try to right. cover. So that's an advantage for those films. So um on my own scale, on my own system, I think that I would on a 10-point system here, say this one is about a 7.8. It's a oh, really good film. Pretty good. Yeah. Just one point below Batman Begins because I really okay. think there was some character development and some pacing issues that, that they were able to address in, in the other one. Well, one advantage to the ensemble cast is I think it, it keeps it interesting on repeat viewings. 
uh, because there are so many people. And to keep track of them all, you don't catch it all first time around. But the second, third time around, you, you will see things that you didn't see before. I assume. I've only seen it once. But but I got to say, as a fan, it was a totally enjoyable movie experience. Okay. That was really, Great. A, well, really a good time. I definitely yeah. will go see it. I just you know haven't been out this weekend, but I definitely will go check it out. But I still feel that Superman is a tool of the Bush administration. <laughs> I and and I you know the I'm ultimate sorry. Boy Scout. Oh, you know. <laughs> Remember the Dark Knight. That's true. Oh yeah. <laughs> Your parents taught you to salute a flag, and anyone who's wearing a uniform. <laughs> My dear parents taught me how to die. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts? Well, you can email us at feedback at tankriot.com, and you can read the show notes at tankriot.com. This is episode 17. I'm the juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch!